Hey there, welcome to the Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Delane Vaughn. If you are in the market for learning how to live a naturally healthy life, if you're looking for strategies for that, I am the person you need to talk to. This is the podcast that you need. That is exactly what this is dedicated to. You're in the right place. So today we're going to talk about the habit that people have of running from their diabetes or trying to avoid whatever the outcome is of the diabetes, right? And that seems to be the right answer. But if you have found yourself saying things like, I'm afraid of the complications and I know if I don't change my ways, this is going to happen to me. I watched my family members get sick and die of complications of type 2 diabetes. And I don't want that for myself. I don't want to have the meds. I don't want to feel badly. If these are the things that you're telling yourself and you're not fixing your type 2 diabetes, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about why that strategy might be backfiring on you and some strategies for maybe making some um, adjustments. So before we get started, somebody asked last week about, they posted on YouTube. So again, if you're listening to this in a podcasting app, these podcast episodes are going live on YouTube. Usually it's Wednesdays. Sometimes it's Wednesday morning. Sometimes it's Wednesday afternoon. Today was supposed to be at one o'clock. Here we are at one 11. I'm, you know, finally have a poop in a group to get this going. So, but I usually try to post it and let everybody know when I'm going to do it. But if you follow uh, the Delane MD channel on YouTube, you can get access to these podcasts sooner and you have an avenue to ask me questions. And that's what uh, somebody posted on the YouTube channel. So the question about, or was about how do we get to the um, links and the show notes that I have said I would post in the podcast. It will not be on the YouTube channel. I've not found a way to do that on YouTube. I will continue to work at that. But if you go to the podcast, so if you open up the Delane MD, the Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD podcast, in uh, iTunes or in Stitcher or in Google Play or whatever app you're listening to it in, there should be show notes there. I mean, like sometimes you have to link or click on the uh, podcast page or like the episode page, but there are links to those, whatever I told you I was going to link to. Last week, it was the uh, marshmallow experiment, the Stanford marshmallow experiment and a couple podcasts. But if I do have show notes, if I do, and I'm going to start doing that a little bit more, um, it will be on, that's how you have to get to it. You can also go to my website, thelandmd.com and you can access it there, but I'm not sure that it's actually a link. It may just be a copy and pasteable uh, web address. So Hopefully that answers your question. If you ever have any questions or want to know where to get to something, don't hesitate to reach out to me. You know, you can always email me at Delane at MD. So we have a couple other things to get to. One, if you're on medications for your type 2 diabetes and you are implementing these changes that I recommend in this podcast, please have a good, clear, solid avenue of communication open with your primary care provider or the doctor who's providing or prescribing the care provider who's giving you your diabetes meds. Remember, the medications that you are taking today for your type 2 diabetes have been given to you based on the foods that you were eating that caused your diabetes. Okay. So if you change those foods, you're going to have to change those meds. And if you don't have a good uh, line of communication with a medical provider to guide you on those med changes, you can get very sick from doing that. So please, please, please have that conversation with your doctor, your medical provider, whoever's giving you those meds. Um, understand that you're going to have to keep a close eye on your blood sugars. And when you start seeing them get 
what you might consider low or what they've told you, hey, call me when you get to this number. When that happens, you need to have a way of calling them so they can tell you which meds to go off of or to adjust down, okay? Please be careful. If you continue the medications you have taken and you change the way you eat, you can get very, very sick. And you have to be careful to avoid that. I mean, like deadly sick, ER visit sick. So do the best you can to avoid that. I also want to point out that there is going to be an upcoming webinar. You know, it's February 1st today as I'm recording this. And maybe you've already given up on your New Year's resolutions. Maybe you find yourself waning on, you know, the actions that you know you need to be taking. Maybe it's the commitment isn't there. Maybe the motivation is lost. Maybe you find yourself really being compelled by the desire for the foods that make you sick with type 2 diabetes. So February 16th, so that's in like 15 days, it's a Thursday, um, in the evening, afternoon, so depending on which time zone you're in, I haven't exact, entirely committed to the time I need to make sure on some things on my schedule, but it will be in that afternoon, evening time frame. I am going to talk about desire, what creates the desire for the foods that make us sick with type 2 diabetes. And I'm going to talk to you about how to overcome it, how to learn to manage that desire in a way that doesn't feel like you're constantly fighting. Like it's a constant struggle to not eat the food. Many, many people that I talk to about the type 2 diabetes, many of the women that I work with, they get exhausted. Eight weeks into the program, they're like, I'm just so exhausted of this entire process. And it's because they are fighting every single day with the brain offering them donuts in the break room. So we're going to talk about where does that thought come from and how to manage it in a way that helps you reverse your type 2 diabetes. So if you're interested in that, February 16th, 2023, in the evening, afternoon, depending on your time zone, let me know. It'll be an hour long. It will be a Zoom webinar. Um, send me an email, Delane at Delane MD. I will get you registered for it. If you have Facebook, if you have Instagram, you can find me at Delane MD there. You can send me a message through that and I will happily get you registered for that. All right. So the last thing I want to talk about before we dive into kind of this approach of, oh my God, I need to fix my diabetes or I'm going to die, which is kind of the underlying mentality a lot of people bring to uh, fixing their type 2 diabetes. I do want to address a comment that was posted on the Delane MD Facebook page. Um, I posted a picture of me running and somebody posted a number of different um, questions that they had and I did respond to them. If you ever go through any of that and you have a question, don't hesitate to respond to that post. Don't hesitate to send me an email to lane at delanemd.com and I will respond to any questions you have. But their question or what they wanted me to answer was, I would love to hear an entire episode <laughs> on specific foods that you love and recommend. I like to cook and love variety, so I'm always looking for new ideas. Yes, coming back to the same foods repeatedly is unavoidable on some level, especially for breakfast, but I'm always hunting for new ideas. This journey has to be fun and interesting. That's one component to sustain, to sustaining this way of life, this lifestyle. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna tell you what I eat. Boom, here we go. Most days I eat fruit. So like today I had blueberries with cottage cheese. I had grapes, not a lot, maybe, I don't know, 20, 15 grapes. I don't know. I don't count them anymore. I don't count my carbs anymore. Um, I think there was another fruit in there. Cherries. I had cherries, probably 15 cherries. Um, I had a half cup of cottage cheese. I had two pieces of chicken breast. 
Again, the reason that I'm increasing my chicken, like my protein intake is because I'm trying to put muscle on. So I've been trying to hit at least hundred grams of protein a day, which is a chore in and of itself. Um, I had carrot sticks and I have an orange, like an orange that I still haven't eaten because I haven't had time to get to it. So maybe I will, maybe I won't. That's what I ate today. Yesterday, I had chicken breast. Again, too, I had a chicken thigh and a chicken breast. Um, I think I had raisins. There weren't a lot left, maybe a quarter of a cup. Um, I, I'm trying to think what else. I probably, I know I had a, uh, an orange pepper, some of a yellow pepper. Um, I think I had carrots. I remember thinking there was a lot of orange. I think I had an orange too. I, there was a lot of orange in my life. I probably had grapes then because we just have grapes and cherries in the house. Um, I probably had those. Um, I don't think I had any cottage cheese then. I do think I had a chunk of cheddar cheese yesterday. So as you can see right now, I'm having to like, remember what I ate and why I'm having to remember what I ate is because I don't keep a log anymore. I don't keep a log, not because I don't think logging is important, but because I don't usually go back on my word and eat foods that are going to make me sick. Like, it's just not something I do anymore. It's not because I don't think donuts are amazing. Donuts are absolutely amazing. It's not because I don't think brownies are tasty. Absolutely. They're tasty. It's because those foods make me sick, period, end of sentence. I no longer only hear the message that those foods are amazing. I hear the entire story about all of those foods. I love the way sugar tastes and I do not like the way sugar is in my life in other ways. So I just don't have sugar in my life. I don't do pieces of chocolate unless it's a special occasion. Um, last weekend, my family and I, we had um, a chocolate tort and like I had a couple bites of that and there was ice cream and chocolate, like it was a flourless chocolate tort. So I didn't get the flour and the gluten, which really makes me feel poorly. I did get some sugar, which also makes me feel poorly. Right. And I understand when I have that food that I also am accepting cravings and chatter about food for the next few days. Okay. I also get foggy in my brain. I just don't do well with it. So I don't enjoy it. So I don't eat it. So, um, those are the things that I can remember eating recently. Um, what I usually will go for any standby foods that I need chicken is clearly a big one. And again, for those of you who aren't aware, I think I got bit by that stupid tick that gives you an allergic reaction to meat. So if I eat beef or pork, I swell up and I itch and there's nausea and vomiting. It's very uncomfortable. So I don't eat beef. There's nothing wrong with beef. I just don't eat it because I have this funny reaction to it. Um, so I eat a lot of chicken. I eat eggs. So I'll do omelets. That is an old standby. I love omelets. I love omelets with all the things in them. If you can put turkey sausage in it, if you want pork sausage, great. If you can put bacon in it. Awesome. If you want turkey bacon, which is what I do. Awesome. I put peppers in it. I put onions. I put mushrooms. I put garlic in it. I mean, I put all the things in an omelet. I think it's tasty. I do it with some cheese. Usually very satisfying. Um, that's a, a go-to staple for my diet. Other things that are breakfasty are going to be like your cottage cheese. I love cottage cheese. You've all heard me say this. Nobody loses their marble and eats a tub of cottage cheese in one sitting. That's a very rare human. I've met one person who does it, but it's pretty rare. I like cottage cheese because you can put it with a little bit of fruit. You can put it with like blueberries, which are incredible antioxidant, great fruit for you. Um, or you can put it with like, I'll put it with peppers with bell peppers and a little bit of sunflower seed that gives it a little savory crunch. So um, cottage cheese is another go-to that I have pretty regularly um, on standby. 
Um, I used to, when I would spend more time cooking, um, do like fried avocados. I would just saute avocados in a frying pan and do those with eggs. And again, like any kind of eggs, scrambled eggs, omelet egged, uh, or egged omelet. I don't know how you, eggs, omeleted eggs. I guess it's not a verb, but you know, you can make your eggs into an omelet and avocado was great with that. Um, you know, hard fried eggs, anything that was tasty. I used to also do like, um, if I make chili for my kids and it's made with turkey, uh, ground turkey, I would do that chili over an avocado with some cheese on it. So that's some things I can, I would do. Um, I like salads. I love salmon. I used to eat a lot of nuts. I don't really like the way they make me feel. It's something about the salt is a little heavy in my gut. So I don't eat so many of those anymore. If I do, I try to do them raw because I tend to feel better with them. Stay away from peanut butters because they have molds in them that I don't want. They're really tasty. Sometimes I will get it as a treat, but I don't use it a lot. Um, other nut butters I'll use, but again, not a lot of it. Um, so those are the things that I eat. Okay. So one, I want everybody to hear this is really not a lot of variety. It's pretty boring. Um, there's a lot of repeat. It's nothing exciting. And there's not even a real concise idea in any food that I eat. Really, like my chicken is literally put in an air fryer, fryer with salt and pepper on it. There is nothing fancy about it, okay? Here is the kick in the teeth about it. I can tell you all day long the things that I eat. And if it all sounds disgusting and horrible for you, there is no point. This is a wasted conversation, okay? So see that. The other thing that is probably more important, and this is something that I see all the time, not just with the person who wrote this question. I see this with my clients. I see this with my mom. I see this with my kids. I see this with people at the grocery store, and I see it with people who write into me. We want our food to entertain us. And what I want to offer to you is the more boring you can make your food, the less compelled you will be by it. And the more opportunity you're going to find other ways to entertain yourself that do not make you sick with type 2 diabetes. Okay. So it's fine to enjoy your food. There's nothing wrong with enjoying your food. I enjoy my food. There is nothing wrong with enjoying your food. But if you find that you're struggling with desire for food, if you're struggling with eating foods that make you sick, if you don't trust yourself around food, part of all of that struggle, quote unquote, has to do with loving food too much. And it's this kind of sick and twisted thing that we want, right? Like I want to love my food and I want to not be compelled by it. It's kind of like, I want to drink water and never have to pee. I, that's not a reality for most human beings, right? So understand that if you are looking for the journey, I mean, again, the journey can be fun and interesting but probably not with food, right? Food is probably not the place you need to find fun and interesting at. You probably need to find it in other areas of your life. What things, so I love the question, and this is something I usually uh, ask my clients, like what are the things you've wanted to do with your life that you've always said you don't have the time to do? What are the things that you're like, oh, if I just had more time, I'd blah. I'd learn another language. I'd take up this hobby. I'd learn how to paint. I would write more. I would take up pottery. I would learn Taekwondo. I would rock climb. That was mine. I would paddleboard. Those were my two ones, rock climbing and paddleboarding and some art um, endeavors. What are the things that you've always told yourself you'd love to do if you had more time? 
Because when you are not wasting your evening, evenings shoving food that makes you sick into your mouth, you got some time. And suddenly you start to make your life fun and interesting with all of these things that you've not had quote unquote time to do. That's where you add the new things, the novelty, the excitement, the interesting, the fun. Okay. It's great that life can be fun and interesting. I just don't know that we need to be relying on food to create that. Okay. So that's my answer to that question. Maybe someday I'll do a longer podcast on that. Um, there are no specific foods and, and people do this. We get confused. We're like, what is the thing I need to eat? Like, give me the thing. And then of course I'll give them the thing. And they're like, I hate that. What else? <laughs> like they want to know how to make their food as exciting as donuts and pizza. And they're disappointed when they can't make cottage cheese be that. Okay. So I make recommendations on food and I enjoy it. And there is some fun, like if I'm making, like I maybe would cook a meal on a Saturday, like a big meal, like with roasted veggies and maybe try some new sauce and salmon or something. I would do that. I don't do that as much because my kids aren't going to eat it. And honestly, there's a hundred other things I'd rather be doing with my day than cooking. I don't enjoy cooking. So it's not my thing. When I go to restaurants and find restaurants I love, I typically always get the same exact thing at the restaurant every single time. I don't venture outside of it. I sometimes will try new restaurants, but not frequently, but I will sometimes. And if I love them, great. If I don't love them, I usually don't go back because I'm going to go out and spend money on food. I want to be to be on something that I like. So I hope that that answers your question. Although I warned the person that wrote this question. I was like, you're not going to love my answer here because it's not what we're looking for, right? People want that recipe book of foods that you're going to love as much as you love pizza, but doesn't make you sick. Okay. Understand that the reason that you love pizza more than broccoli is the same reason that drug addicts love their drug more than they love candy, right? We all know heroin addicts will use candy when they're like trying to temper their cravings for heroin. It's because it binds the same receptor in your brain that heroin binds. The candy does, the sweetness does, the carbohydrates do. And you get a surge of dopamine from it, but it's not as intense as the heroin surge of dopamine, right? So nobody, whoever had a heroin addiction is like, oh, thank God for M&Ms. They saved me. You know, they're like, I use this and it's a little less, you know, like it's maybe, I mean, it helps a little, but it's never as amazing as a heroin. It is the same thing. The foods, the broccoli, the foods that are natural to the human being will release dopamine into your brain. It will trigger that response but it will never be as intense as pizza and donuts and bread and crackers and pasta and all of those things that give you this huge surge of dopamine into your brain. That's why there is no way to find a food that doesn't make you sick with type 2 diabetes that will give you that same neurochemical effect, okay? And if that's what you're looking for, you're, that's, that's part, you know, oh, this is part of what I'm walking away. Give yourself space to bereave the fact that you're walking away from that. So I hope that was helpful. Let me know if you guys have questions about that. All right, let's dig into the thing we're going to talk about today. Woo, we're like 15 minutes into this. Sorry. Okay. So when I work with women in my group, I frequently, you know, start any work with somebody asking them why they want to reverse their diabetes. Like, what's the reason? And most of the time they will give me an answer and they have based their approach to reversing their diabetes based on that reason. 
without really interrogating or like questioning that reason. And they really believe it should be enough. And so what I want to offer to you is frequently, depending on what the reason is, it's not enough. Okay. I want to discuss today what I mean by that and why some reasons are not going to get you diabetes free. They're not going to get you to that point of being free from your diabetes. So many of times we look for these reasons to drive our long-term results, right? They seem like they should work. So my question is, why aren't they working? We're going to dig into why they're not working, um, why they will and don't, won't work, and what then might work better. This is an entirely coaching issue, right? Like the last question I answered seemed to be like a, a what to do and not to do issue. I would offer that the answer I gave was clearly not a what to do and what not to do. Again, I can give you a list. Stay away from processed foods. Literally, if you do that one thing, if you eat foods that come from the earth and meats and healthy fats, if that's all you eat, you will reverse your type two. That's like 70, 75% of the issue. Okay. But again, like it's not that simple. It's that we want something more. I want to be entertained. I want it to be fun. I want it to be interesting. And that's the part where we're like, ooh, that's the part we need to actually invest our energy into fixing. It's the same thing here. Like we think that our reason is solid, but we need to look at what it actually creates and whether it is actually driving you to avoid foods that are making you sick with type 2 diabetes. So some of the common reasons that I get from women when I ask them why they want to reverse their type 2 diabetes, they tell me things like, I want to feel better. Um, somebody once mentioned a feeling like a constant hangover. They tell me they don't want to be on meds. They want to avoid other diseases like dementia and kidney disease. Um, they want to avoid diabetes and the complications of diabetes. Again, kidney disease, blindness, peripheral neuropathy, all of these things. Some of them say that they're out of control and they want to gain control. Some of them will tell me they want to, um, have less anxiety and stress about their food and their food choices. They want to learn how to relax with it. And then some folks will say that they don't want to be controlled by cravings. They want to have less cravings for these foods that make them sick. Other women will say things like, I want to live longer. I want to live healthier. The years that I am here, I want them to be healthy. And then other women will talk about this being like an act of self-care. Somebody actually once called it the ultimate self-care. And I agree with that. So what the difference is, so the living longer, living healthier, and self-care are a different collection. They are a different feel to it than these things like, I don't want to feel sick. I want to feel better. I don't want to be on meds. I want to avoid disease. I want to avoid complications. I want to be in control. I don't want to be out of control. I want to not be stressed and anxious, and I don't want to crave foods, right? Like that's one set versus I want to live longer, I want to live healthier, and I want to care for myself deeply, the ultimate self-care, right? The first set is really things that you want to avoid. You want to avoid feeling poorly. You want to avoid medications, diseases, complications. It gets tricky here. And it's because you're not going towards something, but you're going away from something. You're moving away from something. So Moving away from a disease is not the same as moving towards health or into health, okay? So when we're saying, I don't want to essentially die early from this disease, it drives fear. 
And fear will cause you to act, but only as long as the fear is present. Okay. We do things out of fear of something, but once that fear is no longer present, we stop doing that thing. Okay. So say, um, I see this clients all the time. They start working with me first four weeks. They're eating, they're eating clean, man. They're eating clean. They're eating like 45 grams carbs a day. Their blood sugars are normalized after their meals. You know, they're two hour afterwards, normalize those. And then about three to four weeks in, they start to see that fasting blood sugar start to drop. And they're like, heck yeah. And then their brain's like, I did it. This is good. Here we go. Like my numbers are normal. I got nothing to be afraid of now. And then suddenly I start seeing little snacks creep in, a little chocolate here, a little bread there, a little pasta there, a little cake, a little cookies, a little soda. All these things start to creep back into their life. And of course, what I know is just because you start to see these numbers normalize, it does not mean that you've reversed your insulin resistance resistance and you're actually healthy. But what they believe is their blood sugars are going to kill them right? Like they're afraid of those high blood sugars and what comes with those high blood sugars. And so they run until they're not having that experience to be afraid of anymore. And then they stop doing the running. Okay. So this is kind of the equivalent of saying, I want to run for exercise. So I am going to get a cheetah and I'm going to have a cheetah chase me every day. And I'm going to call it exercise. You are afraid of the cheetah and that's why you're running. But as soon as the cheetah is gone, you no longer are interested in that exercise. The exercise is what creates the health that you're looking for, right? And you're not necessarily at the health just because the cheetah is no longer there, right? Like you will only run from the thing that you fear until the fear is gone. And this is true also for like people are like, I want to feel better. I want to feel better. And that's why I want to reverse my type two diabetes. It's a great example. Recognize there will be a period of time long before you've reversed your type two diabetes, long before your cells are acting normally, there will be a time when you feel fabulous. You feel so much better than you did before, but stopping at that 40% mark or that 50% mark or that 60% mark is not the equivalent of being healthy of avoiding the disease that you want, right? But the disease that you want to avoid, right? Like it's not the same. People do this with weight loss. They're like, oh, I gotta lose weight. My body hurts and my clothes don't fit and it's uncomfortable and I wanna hit my natural body weight so that I can feel good and my clothes will fit fabulous and I feel comfortable. What I always remind them is somewhere after about 15 or 20 pounds of weight loss, your body will feel better you will feel lighter. Your clothes will fit better. And it's not because you got to your goal or it's not because you're at a normal or quote unquote healthy. I don't even know that I love normal. It's not like you're at a body weight that is necessarily creating health in your body, but you're at a weight that just feels better because it's lighter and your clothes do fit better. Okay. So if you're merely running from that unpleasant feeling You're never going to hit the goal because that unpleasant feeling is going to resolve long before you hit that goal. Okay. So if you are trying to create being diabetes free 
from fear or worry or anxiety or discomfort, you're probably not going to get there because that is going to dissipate much quicker than your diabetes is going to dissipate. The fear, the worry, the anxiety, the discomfort is going to go away much quicker then the diabetes will go away. Once you alleviate the discomfort, the fear, the worry, the discomfort of the clothes, whatever, that once you alleviate that, you're going to stop doing the thing. Because the that thing that you just got rid of, that you alleviated, is the only thing that was driving it. Okay? So I think that it's fine if you're in the woods and you're running from a bear I think it's totally fine that you allow fear to motivate you to run. But once you get to safety, once you're outside of the woods and you're no longer afraid, you know you're safe, figuring out that you would like to continue to be safe because it's important for you to be safe and therefore avoiding the the woods, doing the work to avoid the woods to keep you safe because you want to sleep easier at night, you want your kids to play comfortably outside and not have to worry about them getting mauled by a bear. That is what you're going to need to engage in, right? So it's okay if the fear, like you had, a, oh my gosh, you had a heart attack and your doctor's like, you got to get this diabetes thing under control because if you don't, you're like, it's, you're not long for this world, right? It's okay to allow that fear to engage or to launch you, but you're gonna have to find something more. That is not going to get you to the end result. That afraid, that fear, that anxiety, that worried, that is not going to get you to the end result. So when you look at some of these other reasons that people will talk about for why they want to reverse their type 2 diabetes, these things like they want to live longer, they want to be healthier, they want to do, they want to care for themselves in a wholesome, deep way. Allowing yourself to figure out what is that, why, why, what does that look like? Why do I want to live longer? Right? Like there's lots of people who have miserable lives and they're like, I don't want to live longer. I want to, I want to call this, call this as quickly as I can. They're not necessarily suicidal, but like it's not been easy to them maybe. And they aren't wanting to live longer. Right. Um, I see this sometimes in people who are elderly. And again, they're clearly not depressed. They're not wanting to end their life, but all of their loved ones have already passed. And they're like, yeah, I'm good. Whenever it's time, let's go. I'm good. Right. So if the, you know, living longer and living healthier may be your goal, but what does it mean to you? Because it doesn't always drive what you're wanting to drive. Right. So what does living healthier mean? What, what do you get to do when you live healthier? What does it, what do you get to do when you live longer? And what does that look like? I'm just like, I want to see my family grow up. And that's great. I want to see my family grow up. Absolutely. But what do you think you're going to see them do? What are you going to be there for? How are you going to engage in that experience with them? What is it going to look like? Right? Allowing yourself to actually envision what it looks like to have that thing that you're actually chasing versus that thing that you're running from. I don't want to get sick and die from type 2 diabetes. What does that look like? Well, that looks like I'm constantly moving away. I'm constantly looking over my shoulder because type 2 diabetes is going to you know, kill me prematurely, right? That's a lot different than I want to live healthy and go on hikes with my children and my grandkids. 
I want to learn to sail when I retire. I want to, you know, go and hike, you know, the uh, El Camino de Santiago. It's a hike in Europe. And I'm like, I want to go do that with my kids. My son wants to do it. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. It's like, it can be, it can last you up to like months, I think, to do it. There's multiple different ways to do it. But I'm like, yeah, I want to do that, right? What does, but living healthy is part of that for me, right? Like, I don't expect that I'm going to be neuropathic with like feet that have been amputated or toes that have been amputated and, you know, cardiovascular disease and needing dialysis. And that's going to allow me to do that thing that I want to do right No, I want to live healthier. And what it means to live healthier for me is that I'm able to do these things. I'm able to see the world in this way. And that's important to me. What does it mean to feel like you care for yourself in a wholesome way? Why is that important to you? What comes with that? For me, when I think about it, it's this element of peace. There's this element of relaxation and peace that comes with that. That's what I am chasing. I want to achieve that. I want to acquire that. I don't want to just run away from being sick or the fear of an early death. I want to chase something more than running away from something I'm afraid of. When we're executing actions to avoid something, we will only execute the action as long as there's a threat to us. Versus I'm, you know, and of course recognize that like doing that long-term is very challenging. It's challenging to do the damn thing over and over and over again when you were originally motivated by fear and you haven't found another reason to keep doing the thing, okay? So figuring out, giving yourself the opportunity to kind of dream about what life looks like without type 2 diabetes. Not just that you're not spending money on meds and doctor's appointments, that's great, but what are you spending the money on then? What are you going to do with that money? Not that you're just not, you know, sick and going to the doctor's office all the time, but what are you doing then with that time that you're not in the doctor's office? Not just that you're not feeling well and you feel too sick to go out and do anything, but what are you doing because you feel fabulous? Those are the things that are going to draw you to making the decisions that you want to make. The reason that people do this is very unique to everybody. And not, yeah, again, like blanket, I want to live healthier. I get it. And you probably do. But what it means for you to live healthy and what it means for me to live healthy are probably different things. If you start to identify those things and get granular and specific about what those things mean, it pulls you towards it. It doesn't just push you away from something you're afraid of into some random who knows where zone. It pulls you towards something specific. So I would encourage you to do that. If you have these stories floating through your head about like, oh, I don't want to be sick. I don't want to die early. I don't want to have to have meds. I don't want to stick myself with insulin, whatever it is. If you have those stories, you are running from something. Lots of people are diabetic forever. They are not healthy, but they're diabetic. They still have all the risks associated with it, and they never stick themselves with an insulin injection. Okay. So recognize like just focusing on, you get very granular, very specific about the things you want to avoid, the things you're afraid of. Get as specific about the things that you want to become, the things that you want to see in your future, the reason that you want to be healthy, what you're going to do with that diabetes free life. Because that's going to attract you very specifically to what you want. I think that's a lot more effective for long-term change than just running from something. I hope that this uh, helps out. I hope that this makes sense. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Do understand that this is part of coaching. Again, you don't need me to tell you to stay away from chocolate cake. You do things in your life. You know 
you know, like you're doing all the other things in your life. You know that the foods that you're eating are causing this, that are leading to this. You don't need me to tell you that. I can tell you that, but you don't need me to tell you that. The things that we have to figure out is how do I direct myself? How do I make myself want this healthy living more than I want the chocolate cake? And that is a coaching issue. If that's something you're ready to embark on, you're ready to get this put behind you, you want to leave it this year, you want this year to be the last year that we're messing with this, send me a message to Delane at DelaneMD.com. We'll set up a consult and get you started in the program so that you can start working on that immediately. And in the next three months, you'll see your numbers normalizing. And in six months, you'll be diabetes free and you'll be living that life. Give yourself that gift. All right. I will be back next week. Bye-bye.